You're listening to the Horsefest podcast with the founders of Horsefest. I'm Thea. And hello, this is Heidi. Each podcast is dedicated to you and your passion for everything horse. We'll be speaking to elite riders, equestrian experts and special guests, all focused on bringing you inspiration, insights and learning in a way that our horse tribe will enjoy. Well, in today's podcast, we're delighted to be speaking to squadron leader Kim Leach from RAF Shawbury here in Shropshire. Kim, a welcome to the Horse Fest podcast. Oh, thank you very much. It's uh, really nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, you're welcome. Well, firstly, we want you to tell our listeners a little bit about your role and, and why you're on the podcast. Why is it relevant to all the horse owners that are listening to today? Yes, certainly. Um, well, I work at RAF Shawbury, which um, many of the listeners will know is a helicopter training base in Shropshire. And um, we train pilots and recruit for all of three services uh, prior to them going off and joining their operational squadrons. Um, the base also trains helicopter instructors as well, so it's actually really busy. My role at Shawbury is, uh, is quite diverse as it involves all aspects of media and communications, organising visits and events, community engagement activities and dealing with inquiries from the public. Now, this can also include flying complaints, as we have about um, 130 flights a day taking place in Shawbury. And so we do realise that our activities can sometimes cause disturbance to the general public and especially horse riders, which is really why I'm here today. Yeah, absolutely. And and I've had the pleasure of going to an open day at Shawbury, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about your top tips later and, and how you do explain really brilliantly to to horse owners and landowners in the area but uh, we'll, we'll come back to that a little bit later after we've talked ponies yeah that's what i want to ask that's what i would like to ask you about kim um so you are um you are a horsey person um, we believe and um we're really interested to hear about your passion for horses and your own experience of, of horses and riding well i've always looked and I started riding when I was about six years old. I grew up living very near to the coast, um, in Formby actually, uh, Merseyside. We had miles and miles of woods and beach to learn to ride in. So I was very fortunate that I learned to jump, jumping over uh, fallen trees in the pine woods and uh, enjoying some great gallops on the beach. Oh, so I, oh yeah, sounds heavenly. It was, it was wonderful. Um, I carried on riding when I joined the RAF and I did compete in various interstation competitions. Nothing at particularly very, very high level, but it was certainly great fun. Um, I particularly enjoyed the dressage side of it as well. Oh, fantastic. And do you still ride now? Well, I don't ride at the moment because I found that as I got older, um, I bounced less and falling off hurts more. <laughs> I'm sure many people will identify with that, but I would certainly love to take up carriage driving one day. Uh, that's certainly my ambition, and it's something that's becoming very popular, and I'm very well of the carriage driving aspect um, in my Be Seen, Be Safer campaign as well as uh, riders. Oh, interesting. So have you learned to, to drive horses as well? No, I haven't, but I'm, I'd love to do it one day. Yeah, I've only, I've done that, I've tried it once um, with my friend's parents' uh, little pony. You know what, I, I thought it would feel really, like, really safe and easy, but actually it was quite scary when you're used to being on a horse and having your legs wrapped around. Um, 
you, and then all you've got is, is, a, is a couple of reins. It's, it's really different. It was fun. It was really fun once I got used to it. But yeah, quite scary at first, actually. I was surprised. Well, I do have a stable and a paddock, so I'm, I'm just waiting for the, for the chance one day to put something in it. Oh, yes. oh yeah we you must tell us when you do that's really exciting I've um I had just for a few months now a gypsy cob uh he's only baby at the moment but everybody who meets him tells me that he'll be perfect for a little bit of uh, a little bit of driving thinking that actually might be quite nice to pop down the pub and have a pint with and then come back again it'll be quite nice sitting I'm on the back sure i'm not sure you're supposed to drink and drive not supposed to. Oh, no. I'll, uh, orange juice. I'll drive ian can have the pint my husband <laughs> and i'll have the orange juice then <laughs> brilliant so tell us how you came to join the raf then and your experiences sort of prior you do now ken um well i've always loved aircraft and my father had a private pilot's license. So I grew up really flying with him at Orif Woodvale. I joined the Air Cadets um, as soon as I could really when I was 13 and I, I did quite a lot of flying with them. And then when I was 17 years old, I qualified for my private pilot's license um, and that was even before I learned to drive. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, I suppose um, I developed a love for aviation at a very young age. Um, I then went off to study French at university. I lived in France for a year, uh, teaching English. And then I joined the RAF at the age of 22 as an air traffic controller. And um, I've worked in, um, uh, on various bases in the UK and abroad. And um, I did air traffic for about 10 or 11 years before uh, moving into um, different aspects. Very often uh, within the military, you, you move around and you are challenged in different roles, which may not actually mean that you stay within your original profession. And so I've ended up being now a specialist in media and communications um, and PR. Yeah, very different role in a, in a way, but also some really strong links in terms of communication. When you're an air traffic controller, you've got to be really calm and really good at communication, I guess, haven't you? Yes, you have. You have to remain calm under pressure and deal with anything that comes your way because Certainly the air crew, when they are um, dealing with an emergency, um, they certainly need your help in getting them to the nearest airfield and supporting them. So, yes, it's remaining calm under pressure, which is a very good transferable skill to have. And it's particularly transferable to horses and uh, equestrians who who might be a bit scared or have horses that have been a bit spooked by um, by helicopters. So it's a... It's- it's a brilliant skill to have when you're chatting to landowners and the equestrians and helping them and collaborating with them to make sure that we can all get the best out of, of the use of this this wonderful countryside that we ride across and uh, the RAF fly across. So tell us a little bit more about the role that you are doing today and, and you do an awful lot of liaison, don't you, with, with local equestrians and landowners? Yes, I do. Um, as I mentioned earlier, my role is all about community engagement. Um, when I first started at Shawbury, I was actually uh, quite surprised by the number of calls I got from horse riders. And um, they had said that they had seen a helicopter when they were out riding and uh, perhaps their horse had been spooked. And my research revealed that although many riders wore hybrids when riding on the road, a lot weren't actually aware of the safety benefits of wearing hybrids as a kit with regards to helicopters. Now, NO2 
NID flight trials have shown that wearing high visibility clothing significantly improves the detection range, range of riders um, in open countryside, especially for air crew. And whereas it won't necessarily always prevent overflight, as there may be other safety considerations such as deconfliction, it does actually uh, provide considerable improvement to rider safety. And um, in conjunction with the British Horse Society, this research led to the launch of the um, RF Shawbury Be Seen, Be Safer campaign, and that was about six years ago now. It's interesting you, you say about the, the high visibility. It stuck with me. I do remember the BHS did some research about cars as well, and they said that um, when riders are wearing high-vis on the roads, there's a three-second benefit um, on average of the driver seeing the horse three seconds earlier, um, which is quite a long distance for a car to stop. And I imagine three seconds in a helicopter is a heck of a bigger difference than, than in a car. So it really must give a huge scope for, for seeing and taking alternative action. Oh, oh definitely. Um, it means that um, the air crew have got a much better chance of seeing the rider. And when you think about uh, a lot of the time when uh, riders are out and about, they may be wearing, um, you know, a brown barber jacket, uh, the horse may be brown, and they may be riding along um, uh, the edge of woods, or um, they may be uh, hidden by a wall. So anything at all that they can do to make themselves more visible to our aircraft is going to maximise the chances of being seen, and it will allow the aircraft to take action earlier. So it's really, really important. And what sort of action are the, uh, the aircraft crew asked to take if they do see a rider? Um, well, conducting violent avoiding manoeuvres when getting close to riders um, does increase the potential for disturbance because as a helicopter turns sharply, you can get this thing called blade slap, which is very loud and can actually um, cause the, uh, the horse to spook. So the pilot depending on when he sees the horse and rider, may make a decision just to make a gentle climb and then actually carry on um, straight rather than um, do a sharp turn, which may cause this additional noise. The, the helicopter pilot will take the decision based on what he thinks is the safest action because the last thing that our aircraft want to do is to unseat a, um, a rider from their horse and cause um, uh, you know, an accident. Uh, they take it very, very seriously, and um, part of this campaign is not just about working with the riders, but it's about working with our air crew. So it's a two-pronged approach to make sure our, our air crew are aware of um, what actions they need to take to, um, to keep riders safe, and that's part of our training syllabus now. Fantastic. And what are the key messages that you're, you're getting across, you want to get across to the, to the leisure rider and to people out yeah. there? I think, um, I think it's an understanding that uh, we have a job to do. We need to train our air crew at low level to make sure that uh, defence has the air crew it needs to deploy on operations both in the UK and abroad. And do things like um, provide support uh, to the Whaley Bridge Dam incident, which people will remember occurred in 2019. And Chinooks then were involved in actually storing up that dam and preventing um, you know, the whole village from flooding. So those air crew involved in this operation were trained at Shawbury. So we can't do our job uh, without the support of the public. And um, that's really important to us. So 
we want to work with the horse riding community to raise awareness of the safety benefits of wearing high boots. We're asking them to support our Be Seen Be Safer campaign, not just in Shropshire, but throughout the UK, so we can make a safer environment for everyone um, to ride happily in and for our air crew to ride so safely in. Yes, it's really really working together and uh, I think you used the word um, or I'm paraphrasing education isn't it? And in, in information on, on both sides is really helpful and I, I know that different colours of hive-is are quite important aren't they? Tell us about your findings there. Well we have done a little bit of research and um, I certainly believe that um, yellow hive-is against the yellow rapeseed crop is obviously going to be problematic so we would try and um, encourage riders to wear um, a different colour if they're riding against um, that sort of cropped field. So orange would show up better, or pink. Uh, similarly, in the autumn against the autumn leaves, orange might be more difficult against um, you know, the colour of the trees. So it's about thinking um, about what they're wearing, um, maybe having a mixture of orange and yellow, uh, just to make them show up a little bit better. And quarter sheets are fantastic because that's a, a nice big area and it shows up really well from the air. Yeah, um, Heidi and I, we're quite matchy-matchy, aren't we, in our we are high beers? <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 bought, um, we bought the same um, gilet, I don't know what you'd call it, uh, tabo. Um, and it's, I think it's got every colour of hive is known to man on it. So you can pretty much guarantee, Kim, no matter what is the background, you can spot us. <laughs> um, that, that's absolutely brilliant. And of course, the, the other benefit of this campaign um, is that if you're wearing hive is because you're thinking about the helicopters, you're no doubt riding on the road uh, to get off road. So there's added benefits for road safety as well. So um, I think anecdotally, uh, the roads must be safer uh, because of obviously the Be Seen Be Safer campaign and um, certainly we're very aware of the Safer Roads Partnership and the work that the British Horse Society does with regards to promoting road safety. And um, what are some of the questions that you get asked by horse owners and riders and what the what are some of the answers that you you'd give them? Well I suppose one of the most common questions is um, why should I wear hybrids when I'm riding on my own land? I, I get that asked quite a lot and of course um, the problem is that although people will own their own land, the airspace is, is actually part of low-flying area 9 um, with regards to Shropshire but the whole of the UK really is a low-flying um, zone and it's split into various uh, different areas. So um, it can be very difficult um, for uh, our air crew to spot riders, especially when they're in their menages. Um, and so I think it's really important that even when riders are riding on their own land, they think about the, uh, the air aspects as well, because they will see helicopters flying within Shropshire. We have about 130 flights a day from RF Shawbury. And so anything that they can do, whether they're out on the road or riding on their own land, um, to help us spot them is going to be a big benefit. So that would be um, my plea, really. That I'm, well, that's really interesting because actually the only time I don't wear high vis is when I'm in the school. But now I will. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't thought about it at all yeah, it's, it's from actually, that perspective. Yeah. yeah, it's really important because 
so very very often menages can be hidden by um, a farm building um, or they may be you know within some uh, trees or other buildings and so sometimes um, uh, the you know an air crew will come across them and they didn't know that they were there because they were hidden so anything that can be done to just highlight um, the fact that they're in use and somebody is, is riding in them is going to be picked up earlier and then they can take the appropriate action. Mm. And if um, if somebody listening to this wanted to know a little bit more and to read advice, where could they go online? Well, if they Google Aria Shawbridge website, just put Aria Shawbridge into the search engine, um, our site will pop up. And under flying information, uh, there's some information there about the Be Seen, Be Safer campaign. There are also posters that you can put in your um, stable or distribute um, to your friends. They're downloadable. And also trifold leaflets as well with more information about the campaign. So that's the best place to go to, um, to get some information. Fabulous. And we'll put some of uh, the information that you sent us on our website as well so people can also have a look there, Kim. Um, oh, thank you, dear. That's great. That's great. Yeah, no worries at all. Fantastic. Now, Kim, on our podcasts, we always ask people if they've got a funny story that they can share with us in the horse tribe. And we're just wondering, is there a funny story you can share from your time working with the RAF that's related to horses? Obviously, um, it's got to be clean, family show and all that. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was a bit of a challenge, actually, because, you know, trying to make horses in the RAF. So... <laughs> actually, I do have one. Um, oh, I remember, brilliant. <laughs> I remember getting in a lot of trouble for it, actually. So I had just, just joined the RAF and um, I'd done my training and I was on my first posting to RAF Gordie in South West Wales. And I was responsible for the saddle club, which was actually in a farm, which was right next to the airfield. I was working as an air traffic controller at this time and one of my duties was to inspect the airfield first thing in the morning before anyone else was up, so we could be about 6.30, to ensure that the runway was safe um, to use, and we would inspect the runway surface, the light, uh, everything about the airfield. So I was in a Land Rover, uh, driving down the runway, and my heart sank as I could see piles of horse manure all <laughs> over the runway. Oh, no. <laughs> so this actually meant that there were at least eight horses loose somewhere on the airfield. Oh, my word. Um, now, at the time, we had a long grass policy because uh, the aim was to discourage birds from, um, from sort of settling on the airfield because they, they, would be, um, they wouldn't be able to see predators. So at that stage, there was an optimum length for the grass to be grown to. And um, the horses loved it because, of course, they'd never seen so much grass. <laughs> <laughs> so, sadly, I had to lay in. Uh, flying had to be delayed. And it took the combined efforts of the, um, the RAF fire section, the RAF police and station regiment flight to round up um, about eight horses. Well, I had a lot of explaining to do, and I did end up in the um, senior air traffic control officer's uh, office with my hat on for a bit of an interview later in the morning. Oh gosh! <laughs> I I love it. Uh, that was almost a dishonourable discharge for horse poo being on the landing strip, isn't it? <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, it certainly was. 
fantastic. Well done. You did come up with a very funny story. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Totally was not expecting that. Um, fabulous and finally Kim you've given us lots of tips so far but if there was one tip that you would pass on to our horse tribe to take away from this podcast what would it be? Well I think the title of the campaign says it all, too soon, be safer our our helicopter crew need to see you to avoid you so please help us to help you Fantastic, some great advice there, thank you Kim that's fantastic. Yeah, we've so enjoyed speaking with you. I'm still chuckling about the landing strip and, and horse pee. And um, I suspect the people at the time still remember it, some fondly and some not probably, <laughs> <laughs> about poo picking with you. Um, so, and thank you very much for helping our listeners get to know you better, as well as the work that you do and, and Aria Shawbury do. And, and the general themes of being seen and being safer as well and collaborating positively so thank you so much for joining us um and bye for now thanks kim uh, thank you very much uh, it's been a pleasure thank you for listening to the horse fest podcast we'd love you to subscribe rate and review the podcast and share it with your horse tribe keep tuning in for more episodes with elite riders equestrian experts and special guests